of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by... Hey, Venomous Vinny here. Hot Toddy. Hey, good to be with you again, folks. And uh, what you will notice, I don't know which one will air first, but we've recorded a couple episodes tonight, and you will notice that the professor is missing this evening, and that is uh, no grand conspiracy theory. He is not making an exit from the show. He has not been fired. Uh, Our buddy... Is having some problems with his little furry friend. Uh, George the cat is experiencing some health problems. And so if you could send out some thoughts, prayers, and good vibes to the professor and George the cat, we would appreciate it. So uh, just me and the new guys. <laughs> Who have been on for five, six years. <laughs> the new guys. I'm telling you, when I worked at the record store, I worked. <laughs> so famously at the record store was Willie, and everyone knew Willie, and they came in and asked for Willie, and they called for Willie every day of the week. But Anthony, who had been there for 13 years, was also a manager, and they called him the new guy because <laughs> he wasn't Willie. <laughs> so uh, you guys only got about eight, nine years to go uh, being called yes. the new guy. Um, so here we are. I I don't know. I want to say that I came up with this idea, but it also may have been in my subconscious to steal it from Shudder. I apologize. <laughs> but I thought we needed just a fun round table. Uh, and we. I thought, hey, let's do the scariest moments in movies. And Vinny said, you know Shudder's doing that right now. And I said, sure. I, I, I like that Vinny called you out. <laughs> I said, yeah, sure. Maybe they are. But ours is better because ours is an no, audio medium. They're, they're doing 101 <laughs> where we're doing the bare minimum. Seven minutes. Of. See, they're McDonald's, but we're McDowell's. <laughs> they got golden arches. Golden arcs. They have 12-minute abs. We have seven-minute abs. <laughs> they got the Big Mac. We got the Big Mick. All right. Hey, last week I'm mopping floors, this week it's the prize. So let's go. Scariest moments. Does anybody have a hot one to start Yes. It's tight. Twilight Zone the movie. I was thinking of that earlier in the last episode. That's the first thing I think of. It's... What, what's the line that, that's given? Like, what's the scariest thing? No, 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 no. You, what is you, you want to see something scary? There you go. You want to see you something scary? You want to see something scary? scary? Yeah. If you do that to friend of the show, Brian Jackson, to this day in an automobile at night, he will, he will he'll punch you. <laughs> he will punch you. He, he is not going for it. Not happening. <laughs> I love it. It's a great scene. Uh, and terrifying. Oh yeah, yeah, like to, and terrifying. Demons, sort of. Yeah. yeah, don't like it because it's it's so the tone is so different <laughs> leading up because they've been jamming out the CCR, yeah. they've been flipping their headlights on and off. You, you want to see something really scary? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Oh, Woo. if you've seen it, you know, you know exactly what we're talking about. If you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. you don't, sit down and watch Twilight Zone the movie. I, I almost brought that up on the last episode, and then as I was getting ready to say it out loud, I was like, wait, that is not a kid's movie. <laughs> but I was a kid when I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Toddy, what you got? So, uh, I was going to say Alien. Um, I I was a little older when I first saw Alien, and I kind of went... I, I'm, I like a lot of sci-fi, but I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't rush in to see sci-fi movies. So I kind of. I don't anymore. Uh, I was a sci-fi kid. Well, but, yeah. I, I I was really blind on Alien. I really didn't. I really didn't know what it was about at all, to be honest. So I started watching Alien, and I was told it's one of the scariest movies ever made. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, well, so far it's not. 
And then the face hugger thing happened, and I was like, okay, well, that kind of got me. I still don't see what everybody's talking about here. And when that thing came out of that dude's chest, like, I, I don't even think, like, uh, I don't even think the actors were expecting it, to be honest. Like, it comes off very genuine, and they have disarmed you so much with, okay, he's, he's back now. He, he's okay. We're all around the dinner table. We're all joking around. We're having a good time. They disarm you. And then, holy shit. And I think that everybody has a bit of a phobia of uh, something being in your body that you don't want there. And, yeah, it, that scene, you're right, that scene is absolutely terrifying. My problem is, I saw Spaceballs before I saw Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my baby! Hello, my honey! Hello, my ragtime gal! Yeah, so it got ruined <laughs> for me. But it's it's still a great effective scene. I'm glad you guys got to see I it. I love that it's the same ball. actor for Spaceballs and that. <laughs> and uh, we just spoke about him from The Elephant Man. Played... John, John Merrick in that. Yeah. John Hurt. John Hurt. John Hurt. Not William Hurt. Nope, not William Hurt. John Hurt. <laughs> yep, we cleared that up. Who was also in Skeleton Key. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. And Hellboy. Oh, yeah. Not the one with uh, the guy from Stranger Things, though. Yeah, that was Hopper. Yeah. yeah. OG Hellboy. Yeah. We're, okay. Pearl We're all over the Represent. Place. Doug Jones holding it down, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Muncie folk got to stick together. <laughs> got to stick together. Ball state alone. Uh, all right, here's a good one. And I just revisited this film because I've been trying to go through the whole franchise or the whole universe. Um, and I know we'll probably cover it someday when it's done because Todd probably will tell me there's 15 films left. But the first Conjuring movie. I had heard all the hype around it, never saw it. Uh, I wasn't avoiding it. I just didn't mm-hmm. get an excuse to go to the theater to see it. And I was watching it home alone. <laughs> and uh, That's when he knew that he <laughs> fucked up. I'm, I'm kind of anticipating because I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, man, I don't know what, what scene you're going to pick. Yeah, which that one? Whole, that whole movie scared the shit yeah, out of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. But the one that got me. Like there's a lot Got of creepy stuff, a lot of creepy <laughs> stuff. But the one that I had to pause, get up, turn lights on, text people was um, when the mother goes into the basement to investigate, and her her matches are going out, and they had already they had set the scene because they play this clapping game, and we already saw some disembodied hands earlier during this clapping game when it was just the mother and the youngest daughter home alone. And so we already have a a precedent for this. But I'll tell you what, and I've got a lenticular cover on my special edition in here that is that scene. But when she is at the top of the stairs and she can't get out of the basement and all hell is breaking loose in the house, everybody's being affected by this poltergeist or demon. And (laughs) (laughs) Is it French? (laughs) Don't, Don't church it up. Um, and in the darkness, you just see those disembodied hands come out next to her head and go, <laughs> I was like, ah, ah. <laughs> grown ass man, grown man. This is, I'm like 35 when this happened. Uh, after we saw the conjuring two uh, at our old house, uh, we had our washer and dryer in the basement <laughs> and it was an older home where, you know, back in the day there would have been a furnace downstairs and just like grates in the floor for heat to rise from the basement. So my wife was downstairs after we had gotten back from seeing the conjuring two changing laundry out. And I leaned down into the vent and said, my name is Bill Wilkins. And, uh, did not appreciate that. <laughs> not funny. That is not funny. Yeah, that was a good time. Who's the rock star now? <laughs> uh, yes. So there's oh, my that's first a good entry. One. So one that all I've and I've seen this movie a thousand times, and it doesn't scare me so much now. But I so appreciate the cinematography for the scene is when Laurie Strode believes she has killed Michael Myers and is collecting herself, and there's that dark doorway behind her, and slowly you see the white of Michael's mask 
come into focus and the darkness behind her, that is one of the most effective. And when I first saw it, <laughs> way back when, and for the first several times I saw it, very, very scary moment. Yeah. Well, I think uh, not not just because they, they light the mask up, but also they, they, the music cues right on, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to say, and, and, and there's a few scenes in, in Jaws, and I, I would say most people would probably say when you first really get to see the shark, but for me it's like when Alex uh, Kittner is in the, is going out into the water, and, and man, when, and actually the, the opening scene alone, it, but to me Alex Kittner, when I first watched that, <laughs> that movie, and I was probably Alex Kittner's age, and so to me... I just felt like uh, when you watch movies, kids were, you know, unless you're watching Stephen King or Disney, kids are safe. They're typically off limits. Yeah. yeah. And I have found over the years that scenes like that affect me different because when I was, when you were younger, it would be you were the same age as that victim and that weirded you out. And then as I become older, I look at my kids having raised kids that were that age and then that bothers That's actually why my... Wife had such a hard time watching the Dahmer series that was just on Netflix mm. is because our son is 15. Mm. And when Dahmer is got the younger victims, she had a very hard time watching it. I have noticed that because of this show and my tastes and things, I have become desensitized to things like that. Sure. Because I was so familiar with the Dahmer story before I watched that. And again, I'm going off on a tangent here, but. It didn't have that impact on me, but one when she said, "Because she'll watch surgeries, I can't do like real life surgeries and gore, but she can watch pimple popper and all that shit constantly." And I couldn't understand why that bothered her so much. And when she said that, I was like, "Okay, I guess I I'm desensitized, and I see where you're coming from." But yes, in movies like that, when it's younger victims, for sure. Yeah, well, from Jaws, when he chums the water. And it comes out for the first time. I mean, that's... And I love that Fright Rags made a shirt depicting that <laughs> from the shark POV. It's a great shirt. Hate the way it fits. <laughs> Listen up, Fright Rags. Um, yeah. Uh, so let me throw out another classic film here. And that's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. Um, and there's actually which, two... Which timeline? <laughs> Which universe? Um, and honestly, I've got one that's, that that always rattles me as an adult, but I got to go back to one that rattles me as a kid. And now, mind you, I never watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, I think I saw it for the first time when I was like twenty-one. Okay. Okay. However, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> However. Uh, growing up on the Farmer Four, as we've talked about before, mm-hmm. that's uh, ABC, CBS. I've never heard you say this before. <laughs> NBC and Fox. WNBC. WNBC. And you had PBS too, but no one counted PBS. Do we have a bingo card for you? <laughs> we need to. We need to. I'm okay. working on one for Vinny right now. Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay. uh, and so um, my dad was a firefighter and he worked at the big fire station in town and he had cable there and he would like record things that he thought I would think was cool and bring them home. And a lot of times, what was that Leonard Nimoy like paranormal in search of? Yes. He'd bring me episodes of that, but then he thought it'd be cool to, uh, record the Fangoria's award show for me. What was that original one called? Like bloody fingos, like bloody awards. Yeah, something like that. And you got like Cheney's or something like that. And so he brought that home and like 10 minutes in, he realizes this is not for a young man. (laughs) And one of the scenes I saw on there is when Sally is pushing Franklin in the dark and they hear something and he shines that flashlight up. And Leatherface lets that chainsaw rip. And my God, I grew up in the country and we go to my relatives' houses in the country and like dad and my uncle would be in the pole barn working on a car and they're like, well, just walk over to the house. It's literally a hundred feet away. (laughs) No. Yeah. Leatherface is from here (laughs) to there in the hundred feet of darkness that I can't see. So would that lead to your, uh, 
you like Leatherface, older. Oh, right. You were Leatherface in a haunted house when you were yep. younger. Is it because it scared you that you, to overcome that, were attracted to it? Like I was previously, we talked about the Elephant Man. I would say so, yeah. yeah. I would say that was a big draw for me to be a big fan of TCM and Leatherface. Texas Chainsaw, the, the thing that scared me the most when I first saw that movie was when they have Sally and they're trying to get Grandpa to hit her in the head with that hammer. That scene... Because it goes on for too long. Too long. And it, ugh, ugh, that scene bothered me so much the first time I saw it. So anxiety ridden. I think with <clears throat> Texas is like one of those movies that, uh, there's a few movies that I just always remember that stood out because, uh, for whatever reason, that was one of them. So that was before we had a VCR. So we would have to go to the video store and rent one. And I just remember there was a handful of movies that maybe was suggested maybe I shouldn't watch or that, oh, like he likes scary movies, so maybe whatever. I remember that one being mentioned because, uh, true story, and I knew really Chainsaw Massacre. I watched that movie in broad daylight (laughs) and it still scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember anything standing out like first watch, but um, I do want to bring up because I feel like Texas Chainsaw is on so many of these lists. I want to bring up Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. Pause real quick. Yes. I'll, I'll just throw out the, okay. the, scene, the scene that I was going to bring up okay. from TCM oh, as an bring, adult. I guess I glazed over that you. I was going to take liberties. I have two. Um, ah. uh, Surprise. <laughs> If you're playing your Grizz cards, oh, says go the guy who picked Grindhouse for one of his matches. <laughs> Boy, we keep receipts around here. Grindhouse is one movie. <laughs> it's the scene where Bill goes into the house, trips and falls into the room, the taxidermy room, get, or gets smoked by Leatherface, mm. and then when Leatherface slams, slams that, that door, door shut. Did did uh did you guys ever get like the I'm not sure if it was like the first DVD release of it. It was one of the earlier ones. Yep. There was one where that damn menu would scare the bejesus out of me because that scene would be on the menu screen <laughs> and you would it would be real quiet and you'd pick this whatever you're like play and the door would rip open and the chainsaw would come out. <laughs> that, that would get me. Uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Please. 2. I know it's coming every time. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. And every single time it scares the shit out of me. They're in the radio station. Yep. And um, so, so um, <laughs> I just went blank on uh, what's the brother's name. Um, Chop Chop. Chop Chop. And he's, he's totally fucking with Stretch. And they're messing around. <laughs> Goodbye. And it's it's almost like I, I think it's just you can never get the timing down, and I it's it's just such a strange scene. And then bam, it, there's just like no startup, no nothing, just chainsaws, just bam right out of that that door scares the shit out. I of I remember every the time. first time I watched that. Does he goes through the door or the wall. The it, he comes through the door because it's okay. a dark it's a dark room. Yeah, and he just comes barreling out of that door. And it's like that scene from the first one. It's because the chainsaw rips. At the same moment that he bursts through. I think that might be it. Because it's just, you know, there's there's no, you know, wait hearing him start it up. It's just, just started up and he comes through. Yeah. And the performance of Stretch only oh. <laughs> only helps that yeah. scene. And yeah. the pure terror. I remember seeing that for the first time. And that whole scene at the radio station scared the fuck out of me. Which I feel I feel like 2 gets dogged quite a bit. And and, and two's, 2's offbeat, but... It's man, silly. It's a different tone, but it's still fucking yeah, scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like... Uh, there's a, there is a lot of scary... But that, that whole scene... Like, even now as an adult... Um, I used to work at a radio station years ago. And like... Man, like, if you don't know, you don't know. Like, people get attached to radio personalities. And so, like, when she's trying to hang up on the guys, et cetera, et cetera. But, like... Would you have that lady call and go, play Misty for me? Yeah, like, you would... (laughs) 
The doors were locked. You needed a key code to get into the radio station at night because fucking weirdos would come out to fuck with the DJs or stalk the DJs because usually late night DJs, they would put like an attractive male or female. So Halloween ends is not accurate that he just walked into that radio station. No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) And here I thought all of that was true. (laughs) And so, yeah, like that was a thing, man. Like, so even now as an adult, it's unsettling when she comes into the room and fucking Chop Top is there. And it's like, man, I've worked at so many jobs where you got to deal with a fucking weirdo who wanders in late at night and you're like, hey, man, we're closed. All right. Cool. Thanks. Yes. All right. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah, like, I mean, even now as an adult, that part of the radio station. I think anybody that's worked a job, like, like any job where you potentially might be alone in a place because you've always have to ask that customer, like, okay, well, you know, we're closed. We're going to have to ask you to leave. You always kind of get those, those, uh, those strange customers or. I don't, I don't know. I've had some weird encounters that when I look back on things, I'm like, man, that could have that that went way yeah, different. Yeah, it could have went south. <laughs> His crazy brother could have popped through the door. <laughs> All right. Other kinda, picks. Kind of glazed over Vinny there with our selfishness. <laughs> That's all right. You got, you got another pick, then? Uh, mm, trying to think. I think that a moment, well, <laughs> misery. Mm. When oh. Annie hits his fucking legs with that hammer, yeah. I'll, what's funny is I saw a parody first on SNL <laughs> where was Dan that, it was in Living Color though. Or no, it was SNL. SNL and Living Color did do one where it was Rick James. Yeah, that's the one I saw. But uh, SNL did one where Dana Carvey was <laughs> retiring the church lady character, and then he got in a car wreck. And Annie saves him, played by Roseanne Barr, oh. and has him in bed and has him dressed up as a church lady to keep doing impressions and stuff. Oh and then she gosh. does a, the whole, they do the whole bit, but he's got like foam legs that look really fake. <laughs> so I'd seen that first. And so I went into misery thinking, oh, well, I already know what's coming. Not a big deal. Guys, it was still a big deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, when, like... Khan's performance of, of what are you you know what are you, what are you doing what are you doing and it's just no, and no, then no, no. oh man the sounds that accompany it like whoo that scene I don't think I will ever not cringe when I watch that movie and that scene comes on yeah I feel like there's there's not often that uh, that that you would normally have something that's gorier like in a book that people wouldn't complain that that they they toned it down. I don't know if toned it down is the the right word. But in the book she cuts his foot off. Mm. I think breaking his foot was way worse because man, like I I I know it sounds weird but I think if she would have just chopped it or whatever but yeah, man. it's it, yeah, there's something yeah, I agree with you. Because I almost feel like even even pain wise like like just just the the if you chop somebody's foot off like Man, just breaking it and oh. the long process of oh, yeah. broken bone recovering. Yeah. So yeah, I I ugh. that that scene. I remember uh, I remember watching that and uh, there's there's a a few times where it's weird where we're just uh, you watch it with the crowd and and people at the same time are just kind of like ugh. Mm. good times. All right, let me throw out a uh, more modern one, and that's one of my favorite uh, horror movies of the aughts. Or would it be of the teens? Last Shift, whenever that came out. You guys remember that one? I still haven't seen it. Nope. Good one. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've seen it. It's a teens, because when I made my top ten of the decade of 2010 to 2019, sure. 2020, it was in there. Uh, man, so it's a kind of a Manson family callback to... He's talking about his his top ten list, so if uh, you're playing, scratch it off your list. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, for those of you listening at home that enjoy horror films, um, 
there's just these scenes because it's a it's a closing police station. One woman is staffing it. Weird things keep happening, and it's because it's the anniversary of this cult leader and cult being arrested and killed there. And man, anytime they would cut to like these girls from the cult wearing their masks and singing and praying and doing these strange things, like it was always creepy. I can't believe neither of you have seen Last Shift. I'm Negative. so mad. Negative. Have you not learned anything that we usually only watch newer movies if we see it in the theater or you make us watch it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring it back. We covered it with Mad Chan, but now we're going to cover it with you. That's my next mash pick. Doing it live. Doing it live. Uh, I was going to lead off of uh, Benny Stephen King and mention Salem's Lot. Mm. And I was going to mention the, the damn scene. Where the kid's friend is outside that bedroom window. <laughs> Nobody cares for that, I'll tell you. Nobody That's, cares for that scene. One of the most e- effective scenes ever. And 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 to think that uh, which which I, I think I think I saw the the poster, maybe even the trailer getting ready because I, I know they're they remade it. So I can't imagine uh, the it treatment. I don't know what else to say because it's big budget and. Because that was a TV movie mm-hmm. back in the day. So if if done right, because I, I think I think that was a masterpiece, to be honest. And it made for television. Toby Hooper probably I can, I can only imagine probably a, a, a nothing budget. Oh, it couldn't have been a whole lot. You wouldn't think not for television. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's great. I Man, I, I paid way too much for it on DVD. Effective. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that scene still stands out in my mind. How about the moment in The Sixth Sense where Haley Joel Osment tells Bruce Willis, I see dead people. If that don't make your skin goose bump up and, a, and a shit go down your spine, that is a freaky fucking moment in a movie. I mean, that is just like stacked. So... When the kid comes to like see him and he's like, hey, I know where my dad keeps his gun. And he turns around and the back oh, of his head is blown I just out. got goosebumps with you saying yes. that. That scene, when they're in the fucking like, uh, city hall. And the people are hanging. And people are hanging. And then when he's at the fucking funeral, I'm cussing because I'm so worked up. <laughs> he's at the funeral for... Um, uh, the Mar- little girl. Yeah, yeah, Marissa from the OC. Uh and she's under the bed with barf and like all oh man, lots of good jump scares. And six. I mean that's I mean that's what made him famous, you know. Uh, that movie got spoiled for me, but I really hated because I, I forgot and there's a word for it too. But we always talk about where movies come up on top of each other, unfortunately. But I feel like Stir of Echoes got buried by Six Sense. Yeah. And Stir of Echoes was really good, too. That's a great movie. And Stir of Echoes also has some really good stuff in it, too. Um, like when he's having sex with his wife and he's having visions of the girl being killed and uh, raped. and Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I, Stir of, Stir, have you seen Stir of Echoes? Mm, it's been a long time, but I Man, I will tell it. you, Effective Alone is, is she's trying to, like, Keep from being drugged into the basement and her fingernail. Yeah, oh, yep. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one. That's day one, son. Man, I don't know. I don't know. That is a. It sounds silly, but like just, just uh, something so small. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Man, that the just a fingernail gets oh, people. Yeah, I agree. I think it's number one. I think everybody has had a ripped fingernail, so you know what the feeling is. And yeah. imagine just fighting for your life. Uh, along the lines of M. Night Shyamalan, we got to talk about signs. I, you know, and, and good, good or bad. I'll be honest with you. I've got about, uh, I've, that's one of two more of M. Night Shyamalan I was going to bring up. Good, Please go but ahead. Whether you like him or not, like there's, he's got some, he's got some moments and, and signs has some moments. Like hit it. <laughs> I, I don't care. Like I love signs. That's what I'm going to say. Like I don't care. If I didn't like how it ended. Is, of course, is all I'll right. say about it. It is a flawed movie. Flawed logic, flawed, I mean, they're plot holes. And the aliens don't look that great in a lot of scenes, but man. That VHS tape, though. 
that tape from the birthday party. <laughs> and everyone's reaction is exactly the same as the characters in the movie. Oh! Where they jump up from their chair and back away. Oh my god! That was the scene that scarred my oldest when he saw it. That was the one that stuck with him that he was afraid was behind the shower curtain and all that. That And that scene is so lo-fi. And it's two seconds and is absolutely terrifying. Fucking Phoenix. Vomitos, children. Vomitos. <laughs> and to build off of that, in uh, is it the village that he did yeah. as well? When the creature, I'm using quotation fingers here, is first seen in their little village going around, the creatures, if you will. Yeah. That's some scary fucking imagery as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I've come around. I like the village. Like, I think it's. I liked it when I watched it, to be honest with you. I was angry when I first seen it, and I've never watched it since. I probably would like it now that I know what it is. The the difficult. I think the difficulty with those movies is when you hinge on a twist. Once that twist is given away, it's hard. The rewatchability drops for me. Yeah. Well, for example, his his movies are so memorable. But in most cases, I think Signs is the exception. I think Signs is his most rewatchable film. I, I that and I think Sixth Sense both are rewatchable movies. I, was say I have not seen the Sixth Sense since it came out. Oh, you should watch it again. What I'm saying is, it's so memorable. I can still tell you beat for beat that you don't need to watch essentially it. the whole movie. I, I do you. want to watch it again. I got because I want to try and recapture that sure. magic, but. It's so memorable. It's so impressionable that, like, I can still, I could act out the whole movie for I you. I can see that. <laughs> you know I can I see mean? that. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, it, before we leave M. Night Shyamalan, he made a film called The Visit. I have not seen that. Have I you seen it? it? I saw it. Um, it's not very rewatchable, again, because of the twist. But, man, when you see those grandparents, specifically the grandmother, stirring at night very creepily, it is unsettling. I, I, uh, the, the visit was my giving him another chance, which I'm glad I did because I enjoyed the visit. Actually, too, um, I think he produced, but I enjoyed Devil as well. That's okay. Yeah. And then... Um, and then I really like Split. I haven't seen that one yet. Which, which Un- Unbreakable to me is, I think, his best movie. It's a great movie. Wait, Split's the second one in that trilogy, right? I haven't. I've seen Split. I haven't seen Glass. Glass. I haven't seen Glass either. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I've seen. Old, I saw Old at the drive-in. Meh. Oh, Old was good. Yeah. 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 It's not scary, Meh. but it's good. Um. Yeah, I say it's not scary. Like if we were stranded on a island and you guys were getting younger, I wouldn't be scared. So, but yeah. <laughs> you got another one queued up, or you want me to throw one? Out? Uh, so I was thinking of um, because because I think uh, trendy in a lot of horror films is the jump scare. Sure. And I think one of the best ones is Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, which is funny too because I think that's one of the big things that's created the big lawsuit because um, you know Victor Miller wrote Friday the Thirteenth, so they created the characters. But I'm um, <laughs> just one blank there. Sean Cunningham directed, but I think Savini's the one that suggested the jump scare, which is kind of what created the whole franchise. So um, let's all work together and just make. New movies, but whatever. Uh, so, Friday the 13th, I think, is a scary movie. Lots of good scares in it. Lots of uh, inventive kills. But I think, to me, what stands out for probably most people is um, it almost seems like a Hallmark movie ending where uh, it's playing this like beautiful, like sappy music and she's the lone survivor's getting away and it's daytime and... And bam, young Jason jumps out of the out of the lake at her. And Ari Lehman has made a whole career. He has made a whole career. One appearance. Because you know, J- Jason is watching you. Signing hockey masks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna hate on your hustle, Ari. Hey, 
not going to yuck your yum, man. Yep. Do I what met, you got to do. I met you at a hotel after a wedding one <laughs> night, and you were the nicest dude ever. So I wish that I could have something like that that I could make a living off of. Well, hi, I'm. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, you're right. I mean, Jason jumping out of the water at the end, the boy, boy, there's no boy. And, you know, Adrian King, Adrian King, right? Mm-hmm. Asleep in the, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's iconic. Which, uh, oddly, if that scene didn't exist, I don't, I don't know that. We'd have a franchise. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And then to get mom jumping out of the water in two. Oh, yeah. That was three, but that's okay. High on acid, man. I can't remember <laughs> these things. Really? Is that three? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk about um, The Exorcist. The Ooh. Exorcist obviously has a lot of famous scary scenes, but what really does it for me at this point in life is when Reagan is up on the bed, on her knees, like writhing, and there is visions of the Pazuzu demon statue Mm -hmm. in the room. And I'm like, it's time to go. Y'all got to clear (laughs) out. This is too much. Like, that for me is when we have lost cabin pressure. That is scary. (laughs) That's still scary. You you are one who uh, you can't watch that alone, can you? Not no, no, <laughs> no, no, not one bit, not one bit, not happening. I I think uh, I think that is terrifying. But I think the I think the the scene that I think of is the crucifixion scene, which when they reissued that into theaters. Oh, um, the crucifix where she's. Yeah, yeah. So we went. We went. <laughs> I don't even want to put it into words. I, you know, I was I was older when I. That's another movie I was older when I first saw. I saw it on on video, and then so twenty fifth anniversary, whatever. They, they did the special edition in the theater, and they added some cool stuff, like where they added more of the face, and and they put the spider walk in. Spider which walk. Cool. Yeah. Um, Lost but, sleep for two nights. <laughs> man, was there some asshole kids in this theater because it was just kids talking and they were bored and I was ready to punch some throats. This ain't even scary, dog. Pretty much. And that scene right happened. On. And man, you want to talk about the whole the whole theater shut the fuck up and the whole tone changed and I didn't hear another peep out of that entire theater like it, it, it changed. It probably changed kids' life. I don't know for the good or whatever. I didn't see him get up, leave, like because they were going back and forth to the bathroom and stuff. <laughs> the movie ended. <laughs> there were kids crying, <laughs> and then I was like, "Yeah, it's a. It's based on a true story." <laughs> you didn't know. And for me. Tom's in the back like an old woman wearing a shawl. He's like, did you know this is real? And we had talked about how kids in Jeopardy in most movies. Yeah. that The whole movie is kid in Jeopardy. Kid who did nothing wrong. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you're completely powerless because it's entirely supernatural. It's not, it's not Leatherface and his family of rednecks. It, it's... You have no control. I, I, you have no control. I think this is like Insidious too, where it's like you, you know they always have smart ass people where they're always like, "Oh, it's a haunted house. Get the fuck out." What the hell are you going to do? If your, your daughter is possessed by this demon. What are you going to do? Let's talk about this. I just re-listened to a podcast I did with some of my friends. That's not true. It's not, this one? not this one. Now, uh, for, not this one. Now, he's a freelance podcaster. I was on a <laughs> Church of the Geek. It's called with my friend Brian Bennett, and um, I was talking about uh, horror movies and theology. And there's this part where we talk about the, the gravity of the film. The film is multi-layered. We talked about that when we talked about that um, that documentary with Bill Friedkin, mm-hmm. right? But you've got uh, Father Karras who is questioning his call, his faith, everything. And part of that is around his mother and her like poor situation. And that like the, someone tells him, Hey, if you were a psychologist, you could afford to put your mom in a nicer place. And he's struggling with, because he's a priest, 
he's like a vow of poverty and mm-hmm. he can't provide for. All right. So that's his struggle. But then the other side of that coin is that you have Reagan's mother, who is a successful, wealthy actress, and she can't control what's happening to her daughter. Mm. And so that's just another layer of genius I to the film. I've never thought of it that way. I've always, I've always heard a, a, a hot take on this movie as that the question of is God real? Because if, if God was real, like, like you have the, the priest's mother who's going through all her stuff, and you have this innocent little girl who's going through all her stuff, who did nothing wrong. Yeah. And then you have... Layers like like an onion. It really is. Yeah. And so it's interesting. You've got this poverty on one side, helpless in poverty, helpless in wealth, and it's just another angle to make you go, this film is fucking me up, bro. Yeah. Um, But... While we're touching on Exorcist, I do have to say, Exorcist 3. <laughs> You've got to say it. Bring it up. That, Lay it up. That hospital scene <laughs> where... World famous. That nurse walks... <laughs> like, and it's, it's, it's such a build-up, too, because you don't know what's going to happen. But she ends up eventually like just walking through, and that thing... I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah, it comes through with the clippers. Man, that is terrifying. And did you guys ever watch the TV show? Oh, yeah. Man, the TV show was getting ready. I don't know if they were leading up to deal with The Exorcist 3 or whatever, but, man, they, they did that scene. Ooh. Ooh. Great show. Great show. Vinny, what do you got? I think one that will always stick with me, and I know we've brought it up in the past on other episodes. When Griffin Dunn and David Naughton <laughs> are walking through the moors mm. and that werewolf starts to stalk them and chase them and and attack them and kill Griffin Dunn. That is one of the most primal and terrifying scenes in a movie that I have ever seen in my life. And no matter how many times I watch that movie, and I watch it a lot, never, never will that impact lesson for me in that scene. It's incredibly frightening. Heathcliff? Heathcliff didn't howl. I mean, he was on the moors. Yeah, man. Just how jovial their conversation is leading up to and that. And it just changes like that. And and the screams during that attack. Ugh, one of the most feral, bestial killings I've ever heard. It's absolutely so, so scary and will never not be scary to me. I think if we're going to talk about American werewolf, we got to talk about the Nazi werewolves (laughs) in the nightmare. That's unsettling. It is. (laughs) I still put the attack above that. Of course. But but no, you're absolutely right. Because it's confusing. Well, the first time you watch it, you're like, what the fuck is happening? What is it? Like, oh, it's a John Landis movie. Of course it's going to be bonkers. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously going to put the, the kill above that. Oh, but man, yeah, that's so scary. That dream sequence. So scary. Good times, good times. <laughs> <clears throat> when you said that you would not watch The Exorcist alone, it made me think of a movie that... It took me forever to watch it, because I refused to watch it by myself, is The Entity. Oh, I still haven't watched that. I uh, uh, I think my first encounter Sounds was... Sounds like a mash pick to me. First encounter with this film was... Um, I think it might have been flipping through the TV late at night. And I just thought I came across some Skinamax. Because it's like a lady in the shower. And didn't know what was on. And all of a sudden she's thrashed around. And I don't know what the hell is going on. And something I can't see is raping this woman. I changed that channel so freaking fast. And my mom worked at um, Village Pantry in town at the time. And again, my my, uh, my mom does not like horror films. So people she worked with, though, like there was like uh, Beverly who loved Stephen King. And like almost all the ladies she worked with loved horror movies. So we'd always chat. And I'm telling, telling them about like the movie I watched two seconds of. Because I was like, I flipped it so fast, I was scared. And I'm like, oh, that's the entity. That's a true story about a ghost that rapes a woman. And I'm like, well, I'm not watching this shit. 
So I'm not I, high on my list right now. Do you know the story? No. Oh man. So <laughs> yeah, one interesting thing about the film is the way that they they made it so effective. And I haven't seen it. I've only heard about it. But they used um, like air guns to like touch her skin okay. and to look like things are yeah. touching her. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I hear <laughs> that it is scary. Yeah, so, right. so I I uh, I start to watch the movie and uh, man, it it opens like this. Nope, <laughs> turn it <laughs> off. So I guess I'm like I'm not watching this by myself. And the house I grew up in already has stuff happening. So uh, fun fact: there's movies I wouldn't watch in my house either. So like Amityville, I always thought those movies would give things in my house ideas. <laughs> So <laughs> the ghosts are like taking notes. Behind Boy, you need to burn <laughs> some sage in that place. This is where I grew up. So uh, I uh, will come do a blessing. I'm weekend at my aunt's house, and my my cousin's going to be there too. And I'm like, cool. We'll watch this movie together. So I put it in, and it starts up. And my cousin's like, no, turn this <laughs> off. So I'm like, I'm never going to get to watch this damn movie. No. I think it took years to watch this movie in its entirety. <laughs> so yeah, the entity. Um, yeah, just the opening alone. Um, is scary, scary as hell. And it's a scary movie too. So, um, But yeah, you, you tell me, uh, I don't know. To, to me, the, the unknown is scary. And then you label, uh, I know they label so much stuff as true story. And I know some of it's so much embellished, but sure. But um, yeah, for this one, I feel like quite a bit of it is is uh, is is pretty big case. So yeah, yeah. And it's Barbara Hershey. So yeah. One that gets me every time is that scene in the thing mm. where he's going to hit him with the paddles, <laughs> boy. It. Just blows my mind every time, and there are like, like psychologically scarier scenes in that movie. But when he goes to hit him with those paddles, and that chest opens up with those giant teeth, I jump every time. And then not only that, bites this MF's arms off. Yeah, and then that head dropping to the ground. Number one looks still looks incredible. Oh yeah, and is so. Unlike anything that your mind would process as reality, like, and then the legs popping out of it, like that whole sequence, it, to me, is one of the most unsettling and scary scenes in any horror movie ever made. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would say the only thing now scarier to me as an adult, even though that still makes me jump every time, is when they're all tied together, testing the blood. Yes, yeah. and it jumps out, and then uh, is it? it's not Windows that starts uh, freaking out. I can't remember the other character, and I've seen it a million times, and I can't remember right now. Yeah. But no, that scene does make me jump almost every time yeah. of, of the blood popping out of that Petri <laughs> yeah. dish. For sure. Others? Anything come to mind? Oh, let's see. Oh, I've got one. Uh, to me, I'm a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan. That's like, as far as the big franchises go, that's my favorite of the franchises. I think the scariest scene in all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies is Tina's death in the first movie, where she's getting dragged up the wall and up on the ceiling and the blood is everywhere and the slash is appearing like that will stick with me forever no for sure and i and i still think the scene looks great to this day yeah to this day it looks great that that scene is so that i so they they've been playing the re, the remake a lot on fear fest and so, i've only ever watched that so one I, time. I i was watching it the other day and and that's that the deaths are very similar to the original. And that, would you say it's unnecessary that they remade it? Yes. So the, the, her, her scene, it's so CGI and it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't even hold up. It doesn't hold a candle to the original. And I'm like that original, I mean, they literally had that room. I, I, I know even <laughs> when they were making it, cause there's so much fake blood and stuff. That the blood actually shifted the room. Yeah. 
But they're actually spinning the room, and then they didn't even think about it because they replicated the room. But they did the popcorn ceiling. So, you know, the uh, uh, Amanda Weiss, uh, or Wiss, I always say her name wrong. I'm sorry. Sorry, Amanda. But uh, she's on the popcorn ceiling because they actually replicated that, too, to where she's actually cutting herself. But they actually spun that room around. And it was a... And her acting was fantastic. It was. And and to me, like, that, that was terrifying. And the new movie, I think they're like, you know, and then we can CGI her rolling around in the air. It does. It does. It's not as impactful. No, that I remember that original seeing that, and I was probably, I think I was a preteen. I was probably twelve when I saw it for the first time, and that scene has stuck with me for life. And actually, if I'm being honest, the first Nightmare movie has a, a, at least a couple of great scenes. Nancy in the bathtub. Oh yeah, is a scary fucking scene. Um, Glenn's death. When Tina's in the body bag, I was gonna say the only thing I is think, very bothersome to me to this oh yeah, day with the whole monitor. I was gonna say yes. the, the only thing I think that can top Tina's death is the body bag and the nightmare when it first opens, where Freddie jumps up behind her. Because man, that is terrifying. I that that first movie was and, and when so when he comes through effective. the wall behind Nancy. That is a great effect. Which again, in the remake, it's CGI and it looks stupid. Yep. Yeah. Lame. <laughs> uh, all right, a newer one. Um, I'm not crazy about this film. We've argued about it on the show before. I think maybe before you guys weren't on the episode, but uh, it follows. Oh no, I was on it because we've had an Ed. That's funny that you mentioned that because the argument is always you guys say it's not about an STD and I say it is, and you argue that it's not. But I'm gonna. But please, this is gonna help me sleep tonight. Can you hear my ear, my head rattle? This is gonna. This is gonna help me sleep tonight. Can you please acknowledge? It is sexually transmitted. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Yes. Vindication. I, I I can agree with all of the subtext that follows from there, but the ab the absolute denial. That this is sexually transmitted disease. No, no, no. Is untrue. It's a sexually transmitted haunting. It's still sexually transmitted. <laughs> we agree on that. We agreed. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> yeah, we can we can uh, go at length about how the the director and writer says that it's more about it, and that's than, fair. It yeah. can be more with subtext. Yeah. But on the surface, it's sexually transmitted. But that's not the sole point. No, but it is there. It's, it's like, there. It's, Thank it's, you. Oh, that's all there. I need. That's it's all there. I need. It's so there. If I'm gonna play Old wounds have been healed here tonight. <laughs> I will play devil's advocate. It's like the grudge, but instead of walking through the walkway, they walk through the coot. <laughs> <laughs> but you had a point. Yeah. My point was... <laughs> Goddamn. That big ass scary dude. Yep, the big scary dude <laughs> that pops up through the doorway. That dude's terrifying. Gets me every time. Gets me every time. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, is it the haunting of Deborah? Oh, uh, Deborah Logan. Is that the one where there's the thing in the corner with the giant mouth? <laughs> is consuming that child? Doggy. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have watched that had had it not been for the that's an The taking, taking. of Deborah Logan. That's I it. forgot. Yep. Yeah, that snake the snake thing. Yeah, that giant jaw open eating a kid like that scene is scary AF. I'm a, I must say that movie surprised me. And uh, the autopsy of Jane, Jane Doe. Doe. Oh, yeah. That movie really got me, too. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't yeah, ex- that's scary moment after I, scary I moment. I think I turned lights movie. on while I was watching Jane Doe. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've only got a handful here. Wrapping it up, um, you guys know that, like, the reveal at the end of Wicker Man. Like when he, he realized, uh. not, only, not only when he realizes he's been played, but when he sees the wicker man, he's like, Oh Lord! Oh Jesus Christ! Like he's like when when he realizes he's day one. 
Yeah. They're going to sacrifice He's, him. Not just sacrifice him. They go burn, burn him, him to alive. death. Like, oh, Count me. Miss miss me with that, dog. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's why I don't trust white people. <laughs> yeah, no. shoot. That's, that's fair. That's fair. I, I want to bring up, because people downplay it, but Child's Play... But that the the scene because because honestly too in the way they sold the movie when it came on video Chucky was on everything but you really didn't know I mean you, I don't think you even saw you just saw Chucky like as a doll Chucky but the first scene where you when know they took Andy talks. away and she's kind of like okay she sees, sees the batteries on the floor. And she's like, okay, something's going on here. And goes to throw him in the fire. And she goes to throw him in the fire. I remember people screaming in the theater because he's, I mean, it was kind of a scary scene. And, fuck yeah, it was. And not only that, but you did not expect him to be like, fuck you. You stupid bitch. <laughs> you fucking slut. Which Alex. is now, now is just telling a kid to go to bed. That's yeah. what you know, a kid says to their mom, but. Only white kids. <laughs> True. Um. Well, I've saved a heavy hitter in the film seven when they find the sloth corpse. Ooh. Oh, that one's yucky. My, <laughs> yeah, that was yucky. I remember my dad rented that from the video store, and I came out of my bedroom just to see what dad was up to. And he's watching Seven, and I'm in high school, and he's like, Yeah, you might, you might dig this. So I lay on the couch, and I'm instantly drawn in. I mean, come on, we're talking Fincher, Morgan Freeman, and Brad Pitt. Like, this is good. And, and Kevin Spacey. This is good storytelling. And I'm like, Oh, whoa, what? And like, I think. The first or second crime scene I sit to see is Sloth. And he takes, as we know, he takes the fat guy and starves him to death. And SWAT team comes in, full battle rattle. They're all in with their lights and their ARs and body armor. And they're looking. And it's this room that stinks so bad that they've got air fresheners hanging there. And you just see this emaciated corpse ah oh, chief you're not going to believe what we found in here we got a dead one he's he's dried out he's done he's dead and then that fucking corpse starts coughing <laughs> scared yeah the man dog shit out of me yeah <laughs> what about uh the scene where Samara and the ring comes out of the fucking TV at the end. I've I've recused myself of this because I saw it so late it had already been ruined for me. It's scary movie. It'd been spoofed and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, please. That one no, that that got me the the first time that I had seen that when the bitch crawled out of the fucking TV set, boy. And it, it suddenly is not just on the video that kills you. Now it's in your living space. Now it's in your reality. It's not this looming doom. This shit is crawled into your fucking space. No, thank, no thanks. No thanks. Don't enjoy. Freak me the fuck out. Did not enjoy. Yeah. I'll say even to that film's credit, even that opening scene with Amber Tamblin when they find her corpse... And it rolls back with that jaw wide open. I was like, oh, we're in for a movie. This is a movie film right here that is scary. Toddy, I got two more. What do you got? You got anything? It's okay if you don't. Well, I mean, I always have movies. I mean, <laughs> just keep talking. Um, I, I had one and you like just knocked it out of my head, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I have to say, I mean, if I'm thinking back, like, the first time I watched Evil Dead, like, <laughs> they start reading the book, I stopped the VHS tape because I thought it was, like, going to conjure something up. <laughs> In your house. <laughs> <laughs> and it scared the bejesus out of me. And <clears throat> when I came home from the Boy Scout bowling team thing, I put it back on because it's daytime, so I felt like it was safe. Um, only to watch a tree rape somebody. So, <laughs> yikes! Pretty, uh, some pretty scary stuff there. Um, 
one thing that always gets me is the scene. I, I we we've talked about this before. I think Thirty Days of Night is a fantastic mm-hmm. film. But man, that when they zoom out and it's that overhead shot of total chaos in the town of the vampires just fucking eating people and cars crashing and explosions happening. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because the survivalist in me is like, you're stuck there. The Mm -hmm. last ship has sailed. You can't drive out. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a real sense of dread that sinks in when I watch that film. Well, and you are also somebody who is a home invasion yeah. fear. And so, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Us. Uh, do we have a pulse? Yeah, we've seen Us. <laughs> but that scene where you first see the silhouettes of the four people out in their driveway. Oh, yeah. And then dad goes out to try to get tough on them. <laughs> hey! <laughs> and they ain't buying the bluff. Yeah. That's scary as fuck to me. Like, it'd be, being a husband with children and all that, that scene is scary AF to me. This is because y'all ain't got guns. <laughs> <laughs> I got guns. You got guns now. Yeah. I'm good with that one. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, roll out there with a shotgun, they're going to leave. <laughs> I think there's a lot of uh, good scare scenes in both movies, and it's a modern movie, but um, I think just the way they sold it, and it's the opening of the film, and they made it part of the trailer, they're just like, fuck it, just show this as the trailer, is the opening of It. Because... uh, New or old? The new one. Yeah. Because I felt like it's just something they don't do, is they they showed you the opening of the movie. They were so uh, confident. Is that with Georgie at the... Yeah. Just fucking arm bit off. Who yeah. boy. Like, who that, boy. That's a lot. And and, and not only that, but you, you, you got a, no pun intended, you got a taste of uh, what Pennywise is going to look like. And, man, it was, it's brutal. Like, And we grew up in a generation where, uh, what do they call it, uh, chlorophobia or colorphobia of clowns a big part I would attribute to that original Tim Curry TV. Oh, absolutely. Pennywise the clown. Absolutely. And that Pennywise looked more like your standard Bozo the clown. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it was made for TV. So it wasn't, but it was still fucking terrifying. Tim Curry's delivery was terrifying. Yeah. But then you release this theatrically with an R rating. And when fucking Georgie's arm... Like, that is fucking brutal. That kid is so young. And for that to be... I mean, that's... I'm not going to say it's too far. But boy, is it close. Yeah. Boy, is it close. And he's so cute. Yes. That's what's so hard. About yes. It. It's, it's so cute and and so young. Yeah. Like you're you're into Gage from Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Territory where so young something awful happening to a kid that age is ballsy as fuck to put into a movie. Yeah. I and agree. so yeah, that that it theatrical release of the new one is is that scene with Georgia. You're right. That is fucking terrifying. There's a lot of great scary moments in those It movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one. That's the one. Well, I, I have one to touch on, like, kind of this one, so. Adjacent, go for it. Okay, so, I think even worse than that is staying with Stephen King, Dr. Sleep. So, uh. I still have not watched So that. So, good, <laughs> if you've seen Good Boys, there's, there, it didn't help, because there's this little actor, and he's, he's real funny. So, <laughs> Man, this is rough. this is so rough that I read that Stephen King was like, "You should pull the scene from the film." Stephen King actually said this. Wow. So Doctor Sleep, the vampires or whatever they are, and and Doctor Sleep, they um, so so they pursue the people that have The Shining, and there so happens to be one that is a young baseball player. And part of getting the shining out of them is making them terrified when they kill them. And they kill this little kid, and Manny sells it. 
Manny's screaming and pleading for his life, and it is. It is I've seen clips of this. Yes. It is. It's horrible, horrible, and it's man. It's early in the film, so it kind of gives you a, a dark taste of what you're getting from from this movie. So, and wasn't quite sure. Like the I. I love The Shining. I love the miniseries. I love the books. I wasn't sure how Doctor Sleep would be, but I thought it was a great sequel. So yeah, um, wasn't sold on the first half. I was in by the second. Man, half. That, that was a brutal scene. Yeah, even even by Stephen King's killing children standard. Last one. Uh, this is another one that's like The Exorcist, where people are like, "Oh man, I was laughing at that movie," but man. The end of Rosemary's Baby. Mm. The culmination of events where her psychosis, her paranoia, you find out it's all true. It's all true. And you got, you know, the naked old people. They're like, Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Do you know that I have probably only ever watched that movie two times in my entire life? Yeah. I think it's a good movie. I own. I tell you this. I own the Criterion, and I've probably only seen it three times. It's a heavy, heavy watch. And if you're somebody like me who was raised in a Protestant Judeo-Christian upbringing, <laughs> subjects like this bother you a lot more than maybe <laughs> if you weren't raised yeah. in in that situation. Uh, that movie's too heavy for me. Like, and we recently, I picked the, the Elephant Man recently, which is a heavy, heavy watch. And I've probably seen that a handful of times in my life. I enjoy it. But sometimes shit's just too heavy for me, man. I am a person who watches movies for escapism. Yeah. Uh, because the real world is shitty enough. Uh, I like fantasy and things like that. This one is just too heavy for me. It's just too heavy for me. Yeah. I used to mess with my mom with this one because... Did you tell her you were pregnant with a devil's baby? No, but my mom's Rosemary, so... (laughs) I am Rosemary's baby. That's all I got. I'm tapped out. I have plenty more, but I feel like this. I was gonna say we've rambled on enough. We're yep, we're an hour ten. Yeah. Yeah. To be continued one day. Someday. Someday when the professor can join us. So yes. uh fun episode. Yep. Fun one. One that, that I was I knew we could ramble on long enough about. <laughs> maybe so. uh maybe next time we can talk about scenes that arouse us. <laughs> <laughs> That's for a different podcast that uh, Hot Toddy hosts. Um, yeah, so here I am wrapping it up. I'm Grizzly Abner. I want to remind you all to uh, think good thoughts, uh, good vibes for our friend Professor. Absolutely. And his little furry friend, George the Cat. Uh, we miss uh, Professor being here, and uh, he'll be back soon. So, uh, wrapping it up. Another Midwest Monsters podcast. I'm Grizzly Abner, and I've been joined by Venomous Vinny. Hot Toddy. Stay scary.